0: The Bloody Pod with Zach Walters and Kennedy Catherine. You're welcome. Here we are. This is
1: probably the first movie we both collectively hate. I
0: hate it. Also, welcome back to the Bloody Podcast, like her. I am Kennedy Catherine. This is Zachary Walters. Wow, I do not
1: get (laughs) to put in one word this week. Not
0: one. You You opened hot and heavy with your hatred for this film. Someone had to do the intro. You're right. Anyways, I hated it. Do you want to talk about it?
1: Well, yes and no, because I just want to leave it in the past. I do too. Even though I'm the one who brought us into this mess.
0: Yes. Yes, you did, but also this is the name of the game at this point. We are just going to have to watch movies that we didn't like.
1: And to let everybody else know, Don't do watch not this. watch it.
0: I feel like saying I hated it. No, I hated it. No, I'm not even I'm not even going to try to be fair.
1: I can't justify it. No. Nope. I just like, I can't. No, there's nothing to say about this that was like, that was good.
0: Just your face. That was good. No, nothing. None of it. No. I liked the setting because they actually were in the Amazon.
1: Hmm. I, I did, did. I did see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, we're doing The Green Inferno today. <laughs> By Eli Roth. Yeah, who can really just
1: take a swing rot. and miss every time. Yeah, like
0: I, I have no good feelings about him left in me at all. I hope he listens to this someday. I hope he knows that some woman in Canada absolutely
1: loathes him.
0: Loathes. I'm just wishing that he never makes anything else ever again.
1: Probably has a full lineup ready. He, probably he has does. a shutter TV show about him right now.
0: Of course he does. He's also friends with Quentin Tarantino, so he's been involved in some Grindhouse productions. Oh
1: uh, yeah.
0: I'm just. Who cares about you?
1: I'm, I have to Google what that thing is called. He's also an actor. What is he in? Yeah,
0: he was in inglorious bastards
1: Oh right, yeah, you're right. So AMC and Shutter is Shutter's the like distribution company. Um, AMC's the producing company mm-hmm. have eli roth's history of horror but i think he like mostly like is interviewing a lot of people who work specifically like in zombie movies okay in, and so they kind of break down more like where that horror came from and i've heard like that the show itself is good because you learn a lot mm-hmm. but fuck eli, roth. Fuck eli, eli roth. roth really just did not want to say his name properly
0: we could call let's just make up names
1: rothy brothy rothy boy
0: <laughs> can i just go through the plot before we really get into this because I feel like I need to explain things before I really start to tear this apart. Do you feel good about that?
1: Yeah, sorry. I just remembered that he also did Hostel.
0: He did. He did. He loves gore porn,
1: that guy. Really does. Mm -hmm. Shock value, that is his thing. Stories out the window.
0: Eli Rothical, I hope you rot. Now on to the plot?
1: What plot? (laughs)
0: Weirdly, my breakdown is actually kind of lengthy because there's so many different violent moments that you kind of have to cover.
1: A quick warning for people listening. This movie is very gory, very heavy.
0: I leave out some details that are not um, the nicest, but yeah, for sure there's a bit of a warning around genitals there's no sexual violence per se but be aware that this is
1: there is that one weird scene that i kind of forgot about when they were testing the purity of the women yeah which was just uncomfortable and i was just like uh yike
0: you never explicitly see anything though which seems weird because the rest of the movie Is is just
1: explicit it
0: tearing limbs away from people's bodies
1: the trigger warning yeah if you have a body fear
0: content warning trigger warning here we go Justine, a college freshman, becomes interested in a student social activism group led by Alejandro. The group plans a trip to the Amazon rainforest to stop a petrochemical company from forest clearing which would uproot an uncontacted native tribe. The goal is to film the forest clearing crews and stream footage to raise awareness. Justine suggests she could bring attention to the issue through her father who's a United Nations attorney. The operation is funded by Carlos, a drug dealer who meets the group in Peru. They travel into the Amazon and journey by small boat to reach the construction site. They reach the clearing site where they begin the protest, chaining themselves to bulldozers while filming the land clearing. A private militia arrives and when Justine is nearly killed by an officer, the protest goes viral on the internet. The group is arrested but Carlos pays the police to release them. It is revealed that Justine's near execution was planned because of her father's influence and the attention it would bring to Alejandro's cause if she were killed. They depart by plane, but the plane's engine explodes and it crashes into the jungle, decapitating one of the pilots and killing several other people, including Carlos. As the survivors search for a GPS, they hear something in the bush, but when they go to see what it is, men painted in red emerge from the bush and begin shooting arrows. The others are tranquilized by blowpipe darts and taken to a small village where they're imprisoned in a bamboo cage. The female elder ritualistically cuts out one of the member's eyes and tongue he is then dismembered and decapitated by the tribal leader, with his remains prepared, cooked, and eaten by the tribe. Alejandro reveals, to the group's dismay, that the protest was actually staged to benefit a rival petrochemical company, with Alejandro knowing the protest was pointless, but receiving kickbacks to allow him to focus on other activism projects. Justine and two other girls are taken from the cage and their genitals are probed with a sharp instrument. Justine is revealed to be a virgin and is taken away in preparation for a genital mutilation ceremony. The other two are returned to the cage. While Alejandro counsels the group to stay put and wait for the rescue, the rest of the group attempts to escape. During a heavy downpour, the group distracts the watchman and one girl, Samantha, escapes and hides in a beached canoe. Justine is returned to the cage where her face and body are partially painted. The prisoners are fed meat until one notices that a chunk of skin in the bowl bears one of Samantha's tattoos. Realizing they were fed Samantha, one girl slashes her own throat and dies. Another one stuffs marijuana down her throat, hoping to get the tribe high when they cook her. His plan works, and Justine and one other man, Daniel, escape. But Alejandro stays, and not wishing to be left alone, tranquilizes the other member of the group to prevent him from leaving. As the other man regains consciousness, the intoxicated tribe members eat him alive. Justine and Daniel reach the crash site and find a phone, but are recaptured and returned to the village. Justine is painted from head to toe and clad in tribal attire. Daniel is tied to a stake, and the male elder breaks his limbs, smears him in paste, and leaves him to be devoured by ants. News of arrival of the forest clearing crew sends the cannibals into battle fury, and the warriors stream into the jungle, allowing Justine to escape with the help of a sympathetic child. Daniel asks Justine to kill him, but she refuses, so the child does it instead, putting him to sleep before slitting his throat. Alejandro begs Justine for help, but she abandons him and flees. She encounters the militia fighting a one-sided battle against the tribal warriors. She convinces them that she is an American and the battle is halted and she's flown to safety. In a taped interview in New York, Justine tells her father and the other government workers that she was the sole survivor of the plane crash and the natives were friendly ostensibly to ensure the activists had not died in vain, she claims the natives were innocents who helped her before being slaughtered by the Petro Company militia.
1: Yeah, that's it. What is the purpose of this ending of the movie?
0: What is the purpose of any of this?
1: Literally nothing. Mm.
0: I think we're supposed to think that she realizes that what they were doing was, well, well well-intentioned, misguided. The point of not disturbing these uncontacted tribes if she was to basically be like, them as cannibals, that people are going to go in there and try to do something about it. So she's just like, No, they were fine, they were great, leave them alone.
1: Which, to be fair, that's the smart thing to do.
0: It is the smart thing to do, and it's kind of the only, I would think,
1: redeeming quality of this movie. Yes,
0: and the only thing that actually proves any sort of point that I think he was trying to prove in this movie, which he completely misses the mark, and I have a lot to say about it. Tell me how you feel.
1: Well, I first saw this movie when it started doing theater runs. I saw it at a horror movie festival in our city here, which mm. wish I could go do that again. It was a double feature. I can't remember what the other one was, the first one was, because Green Inferno really struck a chord with me. Watching this movie for the first time, I almost passed out in the theaters. I had such a weak stomach. But then rewatching it again for this, I was like, what? It still was like very unsettling to watch just because it's not, it's not fun to watch people get, like, ripped apart and eaten. No. Like, it's not something that you can just easily stomach on a day-to-day basis. But I was just like, this movie really is not good.
0: No, it's not. And I think something that I'm going to talk about a lot throughout us talking about it is that it being rooted in this idea of a Native group or an uncontacted tribe being cannibals is so xenophobic and upsetting and racist and all of that. But it kind of undoes a lot of the horror for me going into this movie i was prepared for it to be very violent and very gory and it is yes and by the end of it i was definitely starting to feel queasy but in the beginning the first time that they capture someone and they they take out his tongue. They take out his eyes, and it is you see everything.
1: And the thing that I've I noticed about this movie, a lot of scary movies with gore, it starts and it finishes off camera. It would start on camera, go away, continue, and it was just like shot after shot, every scene, and I hated that.
0: Mm-hmm. I was surprised to find that the first time there was this sort of ceremonial cannibalizing scene, it didn't bother me very much because conceptually and contextually, when Okay, there's a lot of horror in the act of choice of someone from a Western civilized culture deciding to cannibalize mm-hmm. another human being. But watching this tribe where there's not, they're not a civilized people, it's, there is no clear binary of right and wrong in the same way that we have. And so, in that context where they're not living in a world dictated by our rules, it somehow felt much less sinister and mm-hmm. somehow innocent in a way. Like when you're watching the children just kind of joyously and passively eating someone. Something about it just did not hit for me in the way that it would if it was like a cannibal, like um, cannibal.
1: Yes, where it's more thought out and it's more...
0: Cannibalizing for the purpose of cannibalizing.
1: Versus for the purpose of... Survival. Yes. The first scene where he loses his eyes and his tongue was the scene where I was very, like, about to pass out in the theater when I watched it. It's just because it was, like, the screaming of him not... It's the fact that they, you know, they don't kill him before.
0: No, there's no mercy. No. My question genuinely is, Mm -hmm. how long would a person survive that? Because I kept thinking, God, wouldn't he be dead by now?
1: But no. I think once they started taking off his limbs, he he would probably lose a lot of blood to the point where he would be unconscious. Yes. Because if you lose your eyes and tongue, this (laughs) podcast is so...
0: And we're really, like, so in the world where you have lost your eyes and your tongue, tr- realistically, how, how are we going can about How Yeah.
1: Um, but I do think that if you were to lose those, one, you would be swallowing a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. And your eyes would also just be... Gone. Yeah. But, like, I think that they would... I don't even want to say it. Yeah, I, say, I was it. Gonna say Well, they'd probably fill up with blood, and then they would probably just be, like, pouring out. They would be. But then, like, that's kind of it. I feel like after a while, like, it'll just stop right but once he started losing his limb it was like okay he is gone but then he wasn't he was still screaming Mm -hmm. on that rock Mm -hmm. but then they took off his head and that was the part where you were out i was just like i cannot because it just brought me back and we've had this conversation of why we were allowed to watch live killings when we were children on tv
0: oh i know isn't that insane yeah that we watched on the news
1: that was just something that was acceptable Mm -hmm. because as Our white culture, we were like, we have to watch these other people die in order to have a full closure.
0: Yeah. We're talking specifically about terrorists.
1: Yes, and Saddam Hussein. Yeah.
0: I don't think you would, I don't think we would see that now.
1: Not at all. No. But we still see glimpses of it on social media. It's all moved to social media.
0: I was going to say, it has all moved to social media, but even there, there's quite a lot of pushback. I don't think people want to see that. And it's, there's an ethics issue with that.
1: We had the. It was a month ago, wasn't it? The storming of the White House. It feels like years and years ago. Capitol Hill, yeah, yeah. When that happened and that one woman died because she was attempting to get into the secure area, they broke a window, she climbed up and the security ended up shooting her. I watched the video of her getting shot and died on Twitter.
0: Did you? Oh, I never did see it. It just
1: popped up and I watched it and I literally watched her get shot and then fall to her death. And then people were just filming her. And it circulated on Twitter for so long. And it's weird that we have, like, there's no walls up for that. Because we have websites, like, lively.
0: Yeah, I recently watched, and this was pure just, like, human curiosity. Well, okay, to your first point, I do think it's really odd that we see violence so often in mainstream media even if it's not real Mm -hmm. that there is a desensitization to seeing it if I came across that video of a woman being shot I don't even know that I would have like an overwhelming feeling of horror because it's not something I haven't seen in many ways Mm -hmm. but recently um, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about this man who was the ceo of a mexican tequila company i think he might have been in the world of drugs in some way anyways he was decapitated by a helicopter um yeah like the propeller yeah and he didn't even know like he didn't see it coming at all and there it was caught on video and they were talking about this video and part of my brain was like and I looked it up and the fact that it was like all it took was me typing in his name and the first thing that came up was the video of his death was so startling to me.
1: I just hate that. Horror is one thing. You know, a horror movie is fictional. We can watch The Great Inferno at the end of the day be like, all of that was fake. We can move on from it. Yeah. It is fiction. When we have access to things like leak and like being able to search someone's name and find somebody literally dying on YouTube, there's Reddit subpages. Mm-hmm just watching people die and it's like like what do people get out of it
0: i think it's adjacent to people who love true crime where it is just natural human curiosity to seek out the darkness i think for a certain amount of people there is a comfort in confronting that reality because once you know the thing and you've seen the thing and you can deal with it it's kind of like well then what the horror of the unknown for a lot of people i think is far worse than not knowing
1: no yeah and even, like, going off of when you were talking about the helicopter, when I was nineteen twenty, I also had a similar thing. Cannot tell you what it was about anymore. But it literally was somebody's head being sawed off in, like, the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just went on for so And I watched it. Yeah. What, like, I have that in my mind now mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Why did I watch that?
0: I think we just have it's a just natural curiosity for it.
1: Crazy. Mm-hmm kind of similar topic to kind of start how do you handle gore in horror movies just in general
0: in terms of what like Like how
1: do I feel about it yeah like can you do because I know I have friends who cannot do gore like it is something that is if gore is in a movie it is a no
0: I can do gore Mm -hmm. I can't do gore in relation to sexual violence Mm -hmm. but I can do gore like it doesn't every once in a while it'll make me a little queasy if it's a theater situation and I can't get up and leave or pause but in this movie, yeah, this was this is pretty gory
1: on mm-hmm. the scale
0: of easily accessible it's very, gory it's films. It is Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't that bad for me.
1: No, I I think I used to have a problem with gore. And then once you get in that mindset of like it's
0: not real, it's not
1: real well, I can continue watching it. Yeah. But then like there's certain scenes like in this movie where I was just like, ooh, like you just like you have to take a step back from it. Mm-hmm. And being able to pause it and like regain and center yourself, so easy. This is, I feel like, one of the most serious (laughs) podcast episodes we've had. We're like, we hate this movie. But let's talk about trauma with gore and related to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, we both are not going to talk about favorite scenes because we just don't have them. No. But in terms of my most queasy scene, there's a lot of sort of ritualistic cannibalizing happening in this movie. And like I said, for some reason in that context, it just wasn't hitting that hard for me. Until the scene where the one f- guy in the group, his name is Lars, and he's played by Daryl Sabera, the kid from Spy Kids,
1: <laughs> which grew up to be—we
0: both said this—he grew up better looking than it felt like he had a chance to. Yeah, and he's married to Megan Trainer, which
1: is what it... I, wild. Wild, and they post some weird things online. Do they? Yes. I don't go either of deep them. dive into their thing. Okay, but like you know what? It's just one of those couples where I'm like, you know what? They go together in my mind, and let them be happy.
0: Yeah, get chores. But his sorry if death,
1: you're
0: listening. <laughs> yeah, Daryl. I'm so sorry. I know that you're pretty concerned about how I feel about your face. But he, his death was brutal. Ugh. He was just absolutely eaten alive, torn limb from limb from a group, just fully going at him. And I thought it was pretty funny that the idea behind that was that these people are stoned
1: so from they, this tiny bag of weed.
0: A full tribe. Just off their rockers from this tiny
1: bag of weed. I forgot that that scene happened because, like, I've seen it. And when they were shoving the weed into the woman's mouth and then, like, taking a pole. Which one? Where did they get a pole that they couldn't use it as a weapon?
0: I think it was just a stick.
1: Anyways. Regardless. (laughs) They put the weed in her mouth and just put it down into her stomach. I was like, that's not how this works either. No, no. She's not a chicken. No. But, well, she kind of was. She was my favorite character because she did what any logical person would do.
0: I wrote this in my notes. This is the first time that I have watched a horror film where someone just did the thing I would have done in pretty much every movie we've covered. She yes. just immediately slit her throat and was like, I'm
1: out. She literally was like... <laughs> done. Because she was the one who figured out that the bowl she was eating the food from was her friend's tattoo. I don't like that you're mouthing the words as I'm saying <laughs> I'm to them.
0: Sorry, I know I do this. <laughs>
1: Because I'm watching your mouth and I'm like, am I saying the right words?
0: When i get really invested in what you're um, saying.
1: But yeah, so her bowl has her friend's tattoo on the bottom.
0: I didn't clock this, but in the synopsis and then when I thought about it, the reason that she was so upset and that she slit her own throat is they were dating.
1: They were, yes. But
0: like, it's 2013 and they weren't really the focus so you didn't really catch it. But there's like one scene where they kind of reach yeah. for each other's hands. Uh-huh. So she realizes she's eating... Her actual girlfriend.
1: Yes. And so she breaks the bowl because it's like a ceramic something at this point where they have attached just to the skin. She smashes the bowl. She takes a serrated broken edge, goes to her throat, and she is like, bang.
0: Immediately. She literally,
1: bitch went out. She was gone. And then everybody else around her was like, oh my God. And they're like trying to grab her throat. I'm like, she is gone. She's dead. She wants to be on. She literally did this to herself for a reason because she does not want to deal with this anymore. If
0: I was in if we were in that situation and I split second choice, broke that bowl, slit my throat, and you tried to keep me alive, I'd be like, motherfucker, I will
1: kill you. <laughs> and I'd be like, No, me first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't be alone right now.
1: Yeah, she There's four literally other people
0: there. Just let it happen. It's right? Fine. Like,
1: also like. She's already seen so much because of the one, the plane crash trauma is enough to handle on its own. Mm-hmm. I just Do you know what she th- really just noped herself and she was like, Goodbye.
0: I simply cannot and I will not and goodbye. Yeah. I respect it. Me too. Do you know what's funny? Is no I Gore's fine. Vomit I can't do. And so when the plane crashed, one of the people vomited on the plane and that was the thing that really put me over the edge.
1: I I wrote a note saying at first, the plane crash scene—I said it out loud. I was like, "This plane crash scene would be so much fun to film because it probably would just be like some sort of enclosed set, and they have it flipping around with the camera staying still." And I was like, "This looks so much fun." They're all just like, you know, agree. like roller coastering. Yeah. But then the guy who dies first—well, the guy who dies from the tribe first—yeah, throws up and it's going up <laughs> his face. I was literally like, <laughs> and then I was like, "Nope, we are not filming the scene anymore. I am out."
0: White, chunky vomit. And it was
1: it was kind of yellow. It was, like, not it. It was
0: clam chowder for short. A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. But, yeah. Another interesting thing is there's a lot of weird humor in this movie where it doesn't need to be. You're like, not
0: kidding. It's
1: just, like, enough. Pick a genre.
0: Okay. Here's two things that go alongside that. One, in one part, the girl who slits her own throat gets diarrhea. And... <laughs> This part annoyed the absolute shit out of me. Well, it annoyed the shit out of (laughs) her. It really (laughs) did. Because they Mm -hmm. have, at this point, been through a traumatic plane crash where someone has lost their head. Multiple people died. Very, very violent. Mm -hmm. They get taken into this tribe. They watch one member of their group get cannibalized. And they all stand there and watch this extremely vicious violent scene go down. But one girl gets (laughs) diarrhea and no one can hang? Suddenly, you just watched your friend get cannibalized, but this girl's like, hey, I'm just going to go into the corner to shit my pants. And everyone's like, oh my god, no. You
1: I assholes. Know. Literally, also, she literally is like, obviously very sick to her stomach. Do you want her to either shit on the ground, or do you want her to, in her pants? <laughs> Which one is it?
0: Let her, let Amy make her choice. Let
1: her live. Yes. Also, then all the children of the tribe after her, like, <laughs> Like be like ooh stinky <laughs> It's so stupid. They're all like <laughs> They're like giggling and they have like their hands waving in front of their noses as if like they can well they really are just sitting there. Also they're all just crowded around this jail cell made out of bamboo watching her shit on the floor.
0: You go through the most horrific thing in your life. And a group of children <laughs> laugh at you for shitting. I would be like, I would do exactly, exactly. I would, I would be, be out. I'm Done.
1: But also, why was that scene about like it was 45 minutes long? It really did. They really had to prolong her pooping.
0: And I kind of thought it was going somewhere. Like, I kind of thought we were going to find out that she had like an illness all of a sudden. There, it truly was No, she just needed to. She just needed to poop. <laughs> but. but the other thing about, like, the humor, this movie has zero consistent energy. It is so weird. The very beginning manic. of the movie, I was so upset with Zach for suggesting it because <laughs> the acting, the casual day-to-day, everyday acting that needed to be done in this movie was so awful. Bad. And then the rest of it was fine.
1: I Yeah, like, the first 20-ish minutes setting up what they're going, where they're going and what they're going to do complete awful trash
0: none of those people were actors it was no. so unnatural
1: it and also like literally was a white girl savior film
0: i have and, a lot to say about that don't you worry
1: but that's like really like the first 20 minutes yes also yeah like some of the lines
0: let's talk about this yes. sky Ferre- ferreria ferrera sky ferrera
1: love her though Yes. Yeah, she... i love her as a musician even though she's been mia since 2013.
0: my first note honestly is well actually my first note is i'm not saying these people deserve what's coming but i'm not saying they don't
1: they fully dead let them
0: but this is what happens when you let middle-aged white men write young women and relationships between women they are like having a casual conversation where she goes you're a 50 percent whore and she calls when she's something... about to leave yeah and she also they're walking down the street and she calls something fucking gay which is so 2013 to be calling something fucking gay and
1: then she pulls out her
0: star Sir david because she tries to prove a point to a woman on the street that she's allowed to talk shit about the jews because she's a jew i was like this movie just straight out the gate with the 2013 quote-unquote edgy humor that the nowadays humor. pack it
1: up i know it was everything about it awful and so she was also talking to sky i don't remember her name me neither um <laughs> nor do i care to invest in any of these characters and remember their names or who they are because there's always spy kids kid and eli roth's wife eli roth's wife which i don't want to belittle her to just that because she's so much more than just being eli roth's wife
0: you're right that was a poor choice of words on my part
1: and then sky Freria pop tumblr sensation mm-hmm. but her and julie julia Jules. The main girl. Justine. Justine. Um, They are talking about her leaving. They're at a pizza joint, whatever. So they're having like huge New York style sliced pizzas. They're massive. They look great. I was like, I kind of want pizza. Same. They're talking about how she's going to live stream it. So if she ends up dying, everybody will know because they're live streaming it. And Sky Ferreria is like, Ugh. and then the guy in the back who's eating that massive slice of pizza just says, I'll watch it. This is one line. And he goes, oh, I'll watch it. You know what? Same. Same. Because fuck all of these characters.
0: Imagine being so entitled and self-important that you're like, I've learned about this thing for the last two days. <laughs> I'm going to go into that Amazon rainforest. My and,
1: father's a lawyer. And
0: if I get killed for this tribe, it's worth it. It's like, they don't fucking need you, Justine. No. Relax. Go and when to... they
1: were like, another thing that really pissed me off is the whole white savior Ugh. garbage yep. is... And I say, sorry, I just had a moment of self-realization of being like, well, yes, I used to be that person. Of being like, oh, well, we need to save, you know, all these people. twenty twelve. 2012. Shut, don't even bring that up. Okay. Don't bring it. You're going to have to take that out because I do not <laughs> want to talk about Coney 2012. Move on. Did I set up posters and hold an event in Yorkton? Yes, I did.
0: No, you did not. Zachary.
1: Were, was I on the news? Was I on the Christian radio station? I you sure this all was? I don't want to talk about it. I actually listen. It was when I thought I was a Christian. <laughs> I love and that we all had church. at
0: least five minutes where we thought we were a Christian,
1: right? And now
0: <laughs> turns out it.
1: I don't remember what I was saying about her and her two minutes of fame that she had.
0: Is that something about her white savior?
1: Oh, is when she was talking about how her father, you know, oh my god, my father is a lawyer for the UN, blah blah blah. She was in a university class learning about tribes and their different ways. Because they talk about the female um,
0: genital mutilation. Yes.
1: And she was like, oh, my gosh, how do they do this? It's Like, shut up.
0: Seriously, seriously, shut up. This literally
1: is nothing about you. It's not happening to you. It almost does. But like.
0: This is what I'm talking about. The entitled self-importance. Like, I understand that it's coming from a good place, but it's so misguided. Yes.
1: You know what? Maybe go learn about it more.
0: How about instead of deciding to go into the rainforest after two days, you just shut the fuck up and go to geography class or history Anything. or world history or whatever your fucking thing is.
1: There's also something else about that scene that I don't remember, but I absolutely hate it. Oh, is when she goes to the meeting for the first time and they are like, get out.
0: They were not having her. They're like,
1: get out of here. And she's like, well, I can do whatever I want kind of thing. And you're like, shut. Literally shut up, Justine. I wanted everybody to shut up.
0: And by the end, a lot of them didn't have tongues anymore, so...
1: They did. Do you know what another line that kind of made me annoyed with the writing? And I what? was like, why the fuck? This when Spike gets kid, Daryl Sabera, said, You're just a fat guy in love, nothing sadder than that. Oh!
0: Like... Gosh. What is sad about fat guys in love? I just, like,
1: what the... F- like, there are so many one-liners in this movie where you're like, you could have said anything else.
0: But that's what I mean. Like, there was this period of time in the earlier 2000s, I would say between... Even like Friends and shows like that border on this where sexuality, gender, religion was sort of just coming into social consciousness in a very certain way. That edgy humor all put that at the center before we found out that it's actually not that funny Mm -hmm. and that uh, it's a pretty sensitive, a a lot of these things are pretty sensitive topics. They just really capitalized on all of that poor, outdated humor. And every stupid one-liner was just something that made you kind of go, oh.
1: Like Oof. a TikTok trend where it's like you think about. Yes. And it's like, Oof. you just like wince at flinch. it. Flinch. Is it wince or flinch? Both. Both? Great. <sighs> One thing that's interesting, which kind of also takes out the relationship to the gore, is realizing what materials they use for you, like the yeah, I guess it would be the art department. Is that the eyeballs that were eaten were grapes? Um, I did read one of the cast members said that roasted pig meat was a lot of their go-to for the human flesh. Makes sense oh, if you they had to eat it. I would probably never eat that again. No. Um. Sometimes they use gu- like gummy candies because they have like a stretchy consistency, and you can like add color, any like sugar to it. Mm. You know, like a glaze, and so a lot of like
0: tendons and stuff mm-hmm. would have been that.
1: It's like sugary.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: When you realize that, that like it's fruits and vegetables or like different types of like everyday foods that they're eating, it really does take away from when you're watching it. But if you don't know that going in, you're like, Mm -hmm. like when the skin is stretching, you're like, but then when you realize it's probably just like makeup and sugar, you know, you're like, yeah, well, but that's like all horror movies. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's it. That's it. So watching this movie in 2021. There are some very apparent xenophobic problems with this movie. And when I was reading about it... Do you want to tell us what xenophobia is? Xenophobia? Adjacent to racism is cultural prejudice or dislike of people from other countries. And this obviously has a lot of issues because it's targeting this peruvian tribe and painting them as cannibals Mm -hmm. um which and
1: as villains
0: yeah and as villains which we know uh is not historically accurate i was kind of for a moment willing to let it slide because i felt like i need to figure out what the point of this was and then in reading about what eli roth's
1: prerogative
0: yeah like what his point was with this and his reaction to criticism i have completely been like yeah like i said you can rot get wrecked so essentially there is a um organization called survival international which fights for the rights of indigenous people or tribal peoples and uncontacted groups and the campaign director spoke out about this depicting uncontacted tribes as cannibals poses a real world risk it's very dangerous These depictions have often been used as an excuse to wipe these people out. And she points out that tales of native cannibals have been popular for hundreds of years and that these stories have created a racist view of uncontacted and isolated groups. These portrayals make it easier for corporate interests and governments to push through harmful policy unchecked by public opinion. And he came back and said that that was absurd. His statement basically was the fear that somehow a movie would give people ammunition to destroy a tribe. Sounds like misdirected anger and frustration that the corporations are the ones controlling the fates of these uncontacted tribes. And he says the real target was basically to shine a light on white saviors and quote unquote slacktivism And that cannibalism in the film was a metaphor for how people are shamelessly consumed by their vanity and need for validation on social media.
1: And- oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Where in well- the world is that message ever implemented in this movie? Well, it's not. Ep- not once. And I would never pick that up in a million years. Yeah. Even if you, when you tell me this, it does not like it doesn't connect. Two and two don't go together. No, it does this. not.
0: And that whole thing is such bullshit because we know for a fact that media created the perpetuate stereotypes against marginal groups is harmful. And for a white American film director to come back at the woman and who- a
1: successful one, yeah. At that.
0: Coming back at the woman who is a campaign director for an organization that specifically works for the rights of these people, to come back at her and say that she's absurd or wrong is quite honestly, like, that's everything that's wrong with social consciousness. Yep. It just, that rubbed me so the wrong way. I couldn't believe that he was that resistant to very fair criticism. So arrogant.
1: Ugh, I really... I didn't know that, like, I knew that he was not the greatest person, mm-hmm. but now I'm just like, adios, Eli Roth, Eli Rottenhell, and that's it. Currently looking on Reddit, and I don't know if this is true, but it says, so this one user said, I've seen some pretty bad acting in movies, but I don't think that this was one of them, and I was like, pardon me, but he said, the whole setup looked real, and it seemed like the director scouted out tribal land, and it seemed legit. He did. And then I said, yeah, someone said they did. They used a real tribe and everything in the middle of the Peru jungle. Yes. What the fuck? And then also he showed them Cannibal Holocaust Mm -hmm. and they thought it was a comedy.
0: There's so many problems with the hypocrisy in his approach to this, which is like you are saying that you're shining a light on slacktivism and not putting this native tribe under a poor light which is completely missing the point and painting yourself as exactly the people that you're quote unquote trying to make fun of also like we know that the best thing for uncontacted groups is to just be
1: left the fuck alone literally leave them as uncontacted
0: leave them alone like they don't exist in our world they don't exist in this they don't know what movies are so they had to go in and show them what a film was
1: in order to make a film
0: that involves them which some people might be like, well, that's great for them. But it's not because They're that not doesn't benefit anything. them. They're not benefiting anything, yeah. It, they don't live in Western civilized culture. They don't give a shit.
1: They're, like, what? They're going to maybe get food.
0: Which they have for all of their lives. Yep. Have a way to live where and they've been doing this anyway.
1: The... The problem with this already is film sets create so much waste, mm-hmm. is that they probably not only ruined this, like, ecosystem that is there, but also created so much waste trying to clear land and having X amount of people on a movie set trying to maneuver around and do shots.
0: Which is really funny when the whole movie is about how people are going into the jungle and clearing out and causing waste. Yeah, in and which like... they
1: most likely had to do. hmm Wow.
0: And he will not take any criticism
1: about it. Well, he already
0: had a sequel planned that he wanted to be darker, even... Well,
1: I mean, with that end credit scene, yeah. of course they set it up for a sequel, but who's going to give him money? No one. No one. But apparently people are.
0: But here's the thing. Even that this movie had a hell of a time getting released. No one wanted to release it. It was banned in certain countries. Well,
1: for obvious reasons. Yeah. Why did I pick this? You know what it's good though it's good to talk about movies that are not good and that people should avoid
0: absolutely even if this was a good movie like it has has its issues but it's also not good enough to justify it at all no can i read you a review that i thought was put it really succinctly yes A queasy sense of xenophobia is the norm in a genre noted for its bad taste, and although Roth doesn't exactly avoid that tradition, his obvious contempt for the American interlopers overrides a lack of meaningful characterization for the indigenous players. Empty cynicism isn't a substitute for well-reasoned critique, and Roth winds up looking way more clueless than the so-called social justice warriors he's trying to satirize. Thanks, Variety.
1: Love it. Wow. The fact that this movie also is supposed to be a tribute movie to countless other Cannibal-themed horror movies and doesn't hit the mark, I would be so embarrassed. When did... Oh, Cannibal Holocaust came out in... 76? 80. Oh. Really, say it was February 7th. That was today. Wait, what? No, February 7th is today. Yeah. When we're recording. Yeah. And it came out February 7th, 1980. So exactly.
0: That's so weird.
1: I'm not doing the math. (laughs) Forty-one years. Wow.
0: I was doing the math from nineteen eighty. I can't do math. Okay, no, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that was something that he kind of tried to stand use to validate this movie was that it was supposed to be a tribute piece to these older films.
1: Just so this reaction, I'm just gonna read this to you because it's kind of interesting about *Cannibal Holocaust*. Okay. But so premiered February seventh, nineteen eighty, in Milan. Um. Although the courts later confiscated the film based on a citizen's complaint, the initial audience reaction was very positive. After seeing the film, director Sergio Leone wrote a letter to the director which stated, "Um, what a movie, the second part is a masterpiece of cinematographic realism, whatever, Um, but everything seems so real that I think you'll get in trouble with all the world. And then in 10 days before it was seized, the film already had grossed approximately 2 million dollars. And in Japan, it grossed $21 million, becoming the second highest grossing film of that time.
0: Wow. Isn't
1: that interesting? That is
0: really interesting.
1: And then the director, Diodato, I think is his name, uh, claimed the film had grossed as much as $200 worldwide in the wake of its various re-releases. Hmm. kind of want to watch it.
0: I've heard it's not very good. But I, I don't think it's not good because it's a bad film. I think it's just not aged well.
1: That's fair. Was it Countable Holocaust where they actually killed animals on camera?
0: Not that I know of, but it could be. Cannibal Holocaust was the first found footage horror film, though. It's not all found footage, but oh, it yeah. features a, a tape that they found in the jungle.
1: Um, it says here that one of the actors butchered a turtle. Oh, yes. And crew members vomited off camera when a squirrel monkey was killed for the film.
0: Yeah, I did know about that, that there was a, I think it's a giant tortoise mm-hmm. was killed. And that was uh, pretty upsetting to the masses.
1: And then they also killed a pig. God.
0: What? And they had
1: to do it like once because they didn't have any additional pig. Well, that's good. There was sorry, one, two, six animals killed on the film. A Cody, which was mistaken for a muskrat, killed with a knife. A large turtle decapitated and its limbs and shell and entrails were removed. A tarantula killed with a machete. A bow constructor killed with a machete. A squirrel monkey decapitated with a machete and a pig shot in the head with a twenty two caliber rifle at point blank so- rage.
0: What? Ugh. Like, how could you justify that?
1: They killed two monkeys because the first shot wasn't good enough.
0: There's something, like, say you got involved in that production not knowing. That I they... would
1: fully leave the sound. I would never come back.
0: That would be such a horrifying, traumatic experience. I really just like the sounds of all of this. It's making me feel a little queasy.
1: Shall we rate this?
0: I don't even really feel like I need to put it through the rating system.
1: Let's just say overall. Three, two, one, zero. Zero. Right.
0: And it's below a paper cut. It's a full on
1: Well <laughs> it's a full on bloody massacre. It's a bloody
0: massacre, but in terms but not of like, in the my terms of... system. Yeah. In the in the bloody podcast, Whoa, so Whoa, sorry.
1: It's okay. That in... <laughs> <laughs> was so jammed. Oh, it's okay.
0: In the world of the Bloody podcaster, it actually doesn't exist. We've no. forgotten about it.
1: What was the movie we just talked about? I have no idea. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this
0: ragey episode. I, it was actually kind of nice to do something for a change that we hated.
1: Yeah, in which I hope that people who listen to this, I want to hear what people's reactions are to movies that are maybe not. Our favorite. Yeah, and maybe have, if you have seen this, what your thoughts were on it.
0: Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at podcastercur. You can send us an email at Podcaster at gmail.com. And you can find us on the YouTubes, like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time.
1: Don't support Eli Roth because he is the worst person in the world. Thank you very much. Goodbye.